You're listening to the Eagles Insider Podcast. Now here's your host, Chris McPherson. It's not just the Eagles Insider Podcast. It's the first off-season edition of the Eagles Insider Podcast. We can't even say it's the first coaching search edition because we touched on that briefly in last week's episode. But nonetheless, Happy New Year to all of you out there. And thank you very much for joining us here on another week of the Eagles Insider Podcast. I'm joined as always by Fran Duffy, who is checking his phone furiously. Is there some kind of breaking draft news? Did some other underclassman declare? The 27th one of the day has announced his intentions. Okay. I, I, that's a fake number. I have no idea if that's correct. but It might actually be. Seems like Not it. A lot. Thank you. Not a lot. He would know. Fran Duffy in the house, along with Alex Smith. Hello, everyone. So uh, apparently you're going to embarrass us with game time this week. Yes, that is basically uh, what we're trying to do here. But it's really, this isn't my doing. This was uh, Chris Stevens' idea. He came up with this stuff. He went back. He did the research. He put it all together. Stuff that you guys projected earlier in the season. And uh, we'll see how you guys did. You actually didn't do all that terrible. But we'll, when, we'll get to that later. All that terrible. When you say you, all you that terrible. C-Mac or all three It was the plural you. It okay. Was okay. You. All of you. It was you. All of you. All right. Outstanding. So Chris Stevens, Brian Thomas holding it down behind the scenes as always. So we're going to start things off with a little three and out. Alex will touch on the Eagles season finale, the win over the New York football Giants, which ended up being the final game for Tom Coughlin as head coach of the Giants and an inspirational job by Pat Shermer. Great job leading the charge, getting the team on track. Fran is going to look at some draft nuggets as well as some off-season dates, things you need to know to keep in mind. And, of course, the hot topic is the coaching search, and we'll go into that as well. We'll have game time and tons, tons of your questions. Great, great job by you guys out there on Twitter with the responses this week in terms of giving us what you want to hear about on the podcast. So make sure to rate and subscribe wherever you consume podcasts. Please comment and let us know what you want moving forward. iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you listen to it. And make sure you now realize that moving forward after this episode, the Eagles entire podcast will go up Mondays during the offseason. The Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast with Fran and BT will be on Tuesdays. And Journey to the Draft, presented by AAA, will go up Wednesdays. Because every athlete has a journey. That's Focus true. on the game. We'll, we'll worry about getting you there. No, I'm not going to give them the free plug in this. No. One. So once again, Eagles Insider moving forward will be on Mondays, Eagle Eye in the Sky on Tuesdays, and Journey to Draft on Wednesdays. So thanks again for your support all season long. We have plenty of great stuff for you coming up in the off season. So to kick things off here on this week's episode, let's delve into three and out. One, two, three, three. Three is a magic number. Three. Three. Now it's time for three and out. Fran is doing some amazing prep work. Instead of doing stuff before the podcast when he could be researching dates, he is furiously going through his phone and writing down all the dates. So he, he's just checking everything. You're just being out of here. You just blew his cover. I re- <laughs> a little peek behind the curtain here on the Eagles. Wait until... <laughs> I guess the thing, at least with Journey to the Draft, at least it's a presented by AAA, it is a video podcast, so... We will be able to see all. I'm held much forward. more accountable on that podcast to make sure that I'm accountability. Uh, yeah. Fran, is the keyword, Fran. I can't wait till you tell us about those things that you're writing down right now. <laughs> I can't wait. Just give me a few minutes. All right. So three and out. Uh, as I said in the preview, Alex, let's look back at the Eagles' 35 to 30 win over the New York Football Giants. 
look, uh, obviously, we all knew the situation going into it. We all knew neither team was going to be in the playoffs. The second straight year where the Eagles and Giants played in the regular season finale where the playoffs weren't an option for either of the two teams. We certainly didn't expect the Eagles to be at that point. And I don't think a lot of people expected the Giants to be out of contention at that point either. But, you know, despite that the game didn't have any uh, playoff implications, I think there was still a lot to take from that game that fans can really like. The, one of the biggest things that I liked was how the offense operated under Pat Shermer, where they kind of slowed things down a little bit. And, you know, of course, it's, it makes you wonder a little bit if tempo wasn't as much of a theme. And, you know, you can go back and forth about that argument. But they got to the line. They slowed things down. They looked at what the defense was doing and they adjusted their play calls. And I think that worked pretty well. They audibled. They did. They, they audibled they at the line. Cer- they certainly audibled. And that was good to see. Lane Johnson actually talked about it after the game. And he said that he thought that it was the smoothest that the offense has run since the 2013 season, which was, of course, when the Eagles were, you know, they led the league in explosive plays. They set a franchise record for points that they eventually broke the next year. But just slowing it down, audibling at the line, I think as a fan, you liked what you saw from the Eagles offense in that way. And then another thing that fans liked, another thing that I liked is DeMarco Murray running for a 54-yard touchdown on his first carry of the game. They line Bradford up under center. And I think, and I'm sure you guys will probably agree with me, there's there's probably too much has been talked about, you know, does DeMarco run better in the shotgun or under center? I don't think that makes that big of a difference. But to me, just to see him lined up in the backfield, Bradford under center, they get him running straight north-south, which is what we've been talking about all season long, and he breaks it for a huge 54-yard touchdown. That was really cool to see. And then the other thing is Sam Bradford. Again, this is what we've seen in the second half of the season, progressing up until this point. Obviously, with his contract being up, we don't know what his future holds but some of the things that he accomplished this season he set a franchise record for completions and completion percentage at 65 percent the fourth most passing yards in eagles history and he missed two games so i just think that considering everything that went on with bradford obviously the two knee injuries coming into a new system that he never played before in a new city a new environment I think this was a really good year out of Sam Bradford, and I don't think a lot of people expected him to make it through the entire season, let alone put up some of the numbers that he did. So, of course, we don't know what the future holds for him, but I just think that all things considered, it was a really good season for Sam Bradford and just a really good way for the Eagles to end the season with Pat Shermer at the helm. Give him a lot of credit. Give the players credit as well. He got them fired up. He got them ready to go. And, I, you know, I, I was happy for Pat Shermer. I was I was happy to see him win. So, again, those are just some of the things that, that I took away from that regular season finale. I agree with all those points. I don't want to go hog wild over the Giants. That defense is pretty bad. Sure. But nonetheless, totally agree how happy I was for Pat Shermer. He just looked like he was having the time of his, of his life on the sideline. He looked loose and relaxed in the postgame press conference. Very much at ease. You know, the, the players seem liberated. I mean, there, it seemed like that the cloud of everything that had gone wrong this season had been hanging over them for the first 16 weeks. I mean, obviously... You know, there was nothing to play for from a playoff standpoint. But, hey, these guys, whomever the new head coach is going to be, they're fighting for jobs. They don't know Hmm. if they're going to be on the roster next year or not. So they've got to put on good tape. And they know I look like that they quit and threw it in in the last week of the season when, quote, unquote, nothing was on the line. So it was great to see the spirited effort. It was fun to watch this team. There were so many weeks during the course of the season where it was a struggle. And it was just not as enjoyable as it had been in the two previous years with Chip Kelly's head coach. I enjoyed watching this game. And I know, again, it was week 17. Fans are saying lose, get the playoff, the better draft pick. Come on, it's three spots. I get it. But in the big picture, it was good to end the season on a high note. But it was just nice to enjoy this Sunday of Eagles football. And it'll be the last one. And 
once the playoffs start this weekend, I'll be missing it. Two things. One, when DeMarco Murray hit the open fields on that 53-yard touchdown. 54. Don't, 54. don't take anything away from him. I burst into laughter. <laughs> Was my reaction? Yes, I, I mean, everyone just, did. Of course, <laughs> was, you're mean, like you have to be kidding me. Yeah, it the was first carry. I mean, like the reaction, it couldn't have been other any other way. I just burst into laughter. I mean, you hit you hit the nail on the head, C Mac. It, it was a a fun game to watch. It was really fun to watch this team yesterday. Found myself cheering, you know, a little bit extra cheering from the the Novacare Complex Studio here for the Eagles Network, and just very happy to see them go out and win. How about two? How about Marcus Smith yesterday? Yeah, I mean, and not just and it wasn't just like oh, like he had that half a sack against Arizona. It's like a, he actually played pretty well yesterday so yeah i mean who knows if that's a sign of things to come it could be a very big uh you know big omen all right coming up next on three and outs fran all right so i've got to save the coaching stuff yeah i guess coaching stuff come on all right, so Alex just looked at this past weekend, looking backwards. I'm going to look forwards a little bit. Uh, look at some of the key dates here in the offseason. And it all starts a couple weeks from today. We're, we're filming this on uh, January 4th uh, on Monday. And we will be this time in two weeks, Alex. You and I will be in beautiful St. Petersburg, Florida at the East-West Shrine game. That week, we'll have full coverage here on PhiladelphiaEagles.com, uh, as well as on the Journey to the Draft podcast presented by AAA. We've already talked about the week after that, you have the Senior Bowl. So we're going to be in full swing with draft mode, talking about prospects and talking to prospects who will be a fit for this new coaching staff, assuming that the coach is in place by that point, which we're assuming that it will be. On Monday, February 22nd, okay, so you got a bit of a gap there. The first day that teams may franchise tag potential free agents so could that be the time when Sam Bradford is is tagged at that point I don't know if there's anybody else that you would probably look at for the franchise tag at this point but you know th- that would be the time when you would look at franchise tags Tuesday the 23rd through the 29th the three of us will be in beautiful Indianapolis for the uh, for the scouting combine Alex Smith will be making his first trip the three amigos look yes. out Indy so we've got that so now Monday March 7th that is the deadline for the franchise tags. So you've got what, about a two-week window there for teams to be able to place franchise and transition tags. And then on Saturday, March 12th, the legal tampering period. Everyone's favorite Ooh, time of that's year. That's a good day. Mm-hmm. Where, we, where everybody knows who the free agents are going to be, but we can't report anything because it's not official. That's a great Twitter day. <laughs> it's a great when Twitter the legal, day. When the legal tampering uh, starts is a great Twitter day. But so many false reports last year. So I wonder how much you know people will take that. Everything, every one of those reports with a grain of salt. Everyone remembers remembers the, the no. Jeremy Macklin circus last year. Oh, he's here. Oh, he's in Kansas City. Oh, he's back here. And then he ends up in Kansas City. Uh, uh, Frank Gore as well. Right? Uh, absolutely. No question. Frank Gore as well. And then taking you up right to 4 p.m. on Tuesday for the new league year and the start of free agency and uh, hopefully a quiet free agency for the Philadelphia Eagles. I think Philadelphia Eagles fans are, are hoping that is the case, but we'll see. On April 4th, that's a Monday. Every team with a new head coach can start their offseason program. So the Eagles will start April their 4th. offseason program right. uh, earlier than the rest of the NFL. And then just a couple weeks later on Thursday, April 28th, with the 13th overall pick, the Philadelphia Eagles will select. I have no idea. I have no idea who no. the Eagles are going to select. But we will be talking about it for the next three and a half months. So that will be fun. It. Four and a half months. All right. So. Saving the best for last here on 3 and Out. And it's the update on the coaching search. So as we are recording this on Monday afternoon, the Eagles have had two official interviews to this point. Deuce Staley interviewed on Friday. And Pat Shermer interviewed with the team on Monday. Pretty much, I'm guessing, as this interview, as this podcast is being recorded. So two officially announced as confirmed by the Eagles, both in-house candidates. Now... I would expect that beginning on Tuesday, so you're going to probably download this. We'll be probably a little behind on it. 
but you'll start hearing some of the other team's candidates and possible you know, coaches who may not be with the team at the moment or coaches whose teams have already concluded for the year. Now, at this point, if a team is in a wild card playoff round and the Eagles want to interview one of those coaches, they will have to wait until they are out of the postseason. If the team has a bye, the Eagles can interview this week. And, of course, if the teams have already finished their season, if they're out of playoff contention like the Eagles, then interviews can begin. So here's a list of some of the external candidates according to the multiple reports out there. And in no particular order, I'm just going to go right through them. Adam Gase, Chicago's offensive coordinator, also was the offensive coordinator for the Denver Broncos. Terrell Austin, the Detroit Lions defensive coordinator. Doug Marone, the assistant head coach, offensive line coach in Jacksonville this past season, formerly head coach of the Buffalo Bills. Doug Peterson, the Chiefs offensive coordinator, of course again, they're in the playoffs, so no interviews could take place this week there. Ben McAdoo, Giants offensive coordinator. If he becomes available, this is from Paul Domowicz of the Daily News, the Eagles would be interested in one Sean Payton, who at this point is still currently the head coach of the New Orleans Saints. And an interesting report, former NFL head coach, former Super Bowl winning head coach Mike Shanahan has apparently reached out to the Eagles to express interest. But the report was weird because I think it was Ian Rappaport from NFL Network stated that he's unsure if Shanahan actually wants to coach. It's He's kind of, I guess, just gauging what's out there and seeing who would be interested. Well, and then, too, I saw that Alex Marvez from Fox Sports had said that he's actually going on his second interview with the Dolphins. He interviewed yeah. with the Dolphins back uh, in, I think it was December 22nd, and now he's going on his second interview this week. So interesting there with Mike Shanahan. You would wonder if the Falcons would then lose Kyle Shanahan uh, yeah. to the same position. So so I guess other names to watch, I mean, everyone's wondering, would Sean McDermott, who was the former defensive coordinator here in Absolutely. Philadelphia? Absolutely, needs to be talked about, yeah. You know, if he would be in the mix, and reportedly he said that he will accept interviews this week. Carolina Panthers have a bye, so he can interview with teams this week. But I think at this point, the key is going to be, well, what do the Eagles want? And Chairman and CEO Jeffrey Lurie laid it out during his press conference last Wednesday. And leadership is going to be the key thing. And obviously, X's and O's and how he's going to run the program is going to be of the utmost importance. But how is he going to lead the program? So I know a lot of people are wondering, okay, if an offensive coach comes, well, what's the next step after that? You know, obviously, you'll want wonder what the offensive scheme is going to be. But it's going to be just as important to make sure you get the other assistant coaches right you know if you bring in Adam Gase who has the offensive background who's going to be the defensive coordinator that's going to be huge you know if it were to be a Sean Payton hey the downfall of the Saints last couple of years coordinators defensive coordinator Rob Ryan Dennis Allen it's not worked out for them so just as important as getting the head coach in here who will bring leadership and kind of guide the overall program is going to be who will handle the X's and O's on both sides of the ball in all three phases, really, because we've seen here in Philly just how good special teams can be and how important it can be to a winning program. So that's going to do it for this edition of Three and Out. I would say usually we transition to the interview. Don't have that. But no interview this week? Enemy Intel. No enemy Intel. Uh, We're just going to fast forward (laughs) right over. Alex, it's time to shine. It's game time. Get out your scorecards. It's game time. So since this this is the uh, first off-season edition of the Eagles Insider Podcast, uh, we're going to take some time to look back at uh, all the different game times that we've had throughout the year, Um, all the fun and games that we've got to play. The Um, hijinks. Yes. The tomfoolery. Yes. 
there's certainly some other words for it as well. How do we never call one of the additions with the Giants tomfoolery? That's, that's a, a that's, that was a and now we can't do it. We can't do huge, it anymore. Huge misstep by Alex Smith. Well, unless he goes with another team. Apparently, he still wants to coach. So that's true. That's true. So we'll keep that one in our back pockets. We're gonna go back through some of the games we played, uh, especially some of the ones where I asked you guys to look forward and to predict. Sure. Uh, and we'll see how you guys did. The first game that we played this year, do you guys remember what it was? Uh, against the Falcons? Yes. Let's see. I can't believe you guys can't remember this right away. Is that, oh, oh uh, Peachy Orici. Correct. <laughs> Peachy Orici. Peachy Orici. <laughs> you guys actually did pretty good with Peachy Orici looking back. There was only a few questions that were uh, long-term questions, but you guys did pretty good. I asked if Benny Logan would make the Pro Bowl. You both said Ricci. That was correct. I asked if the Eagles defense would be in the top 10 in scoring. You both said Peachy. So we hoped that would be the case, but... Uh, and it was for a while. To week yeah. seven, about yeah. the Carolina game. And then uh, things kind of went downhill from there. Another one of the earlier games that we played. Let's see, where do we want to go next? Uh, we played buy or sell. I can't remember exactly which week this one was in. I think this may have been about halfway through the season. I said 1,000 yards for Jordan Matthews. You guys both oh, said buy. Yeah. And you came up three, three. yards short. Yeah. Three yards short. So... And then, <laughs> Couldn't give us the 97 cents on a dollar, huh? That uh, I could not. Uh, in that very same game, I asked you guys about Washington being a legit contender in the NFC East. You guys both sold that idea. Of course. And we know where we are today. Not shocking. Uh, I asked if the Dolphins were serious, a serious contender in the AFC playoffs. C-Mac, you sold that. Fran, you bought that. And the Dolphins finished 5-11. and 11. Yeah. So uh, I, th- I may have only bought them be- for one reason and one reason only. And I think BT is queuing it up. <laughs> we- <laughs> <laughs> that is the number one reason why. I think- <laughs> it's number one. Which was in week four, order in the Supreme Court. I asked you guys to give the order after Jordan Matthews of the Eagles' leading wide receivers. After okay. Jordan Matthews, it had to be wide receivers. It had to be wide receivers, so no tight ends or anything like that. The final order was Cooper, Huff, Aguilar, and then Miles Austin. None of you guys got it right. Fran, you said Aguilar, Huff, Cooper, Austin. C Mac, you said Huff, Aguilar, Austin, Cooper. So neither of you guys came away uh, victorious there. This was the most interesting thing from ordering the Supreme Court. I asked you guys I asked you guys to rank the NFC undefeated teams and there were four at the Jeez. time. Yep. Atlanta, Carolina, Arizona and Green Bay. And both of you guys had Carolina fourth. Yeah. Out of those teams. Uh, no you- good. He missed it. Yeah, <laughs> we all missed that. You both had Green Bay number one. Yep. And then you guys switched the middle two with Arizona and Atlanta. And then Carolina number four. And this was in week four. So I guess at that Green time. Bay, Green Bay was 6-0. and oh. So at the time, it was what a time to be alive. And Fran, you had Arizona third. You had Arizona behind Atlanta. How do you feel about because that? Because we had just back? seen Atlanta started off so hot. And it, they just fell off. They just fell off. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to tell you. Another one of the games that we played. This was actually the week before. This was at the terminal, delayed or canceled. A great, who could forget this game? I actually, uh, I actually forget this game. So this was for the Jets game, and I asked if things were delayed, if you know they were going to turn around eventually, or if they were canceled, done for the year. And the most interesting thing, uh, you, you guys both said that Seattle was just delayed and that they would turn things around because if we look back, they had a, I forget what the record was in the first, what were they, one and two or one and three? Something like that, yeah. yeah. Something like that. You guys both said that they were delayed, that they would turn it around, and they did. The interesting part was when I asked you guys about quarterbacks, and both of you guys for Peyton Manning said, he was delayed that he was going to turn things around and i guess if you look at yes 
if you look you at take it all into account. Well, hey. the, the second half of the week seventeen game where he came in and threw for a touchdown. Listen, if, you, if you're not going to give us the three yards for Jordan Matthews, you have to give us the, the paid yeah, man. No, I'm not. I'm Do not. You say that. how delayed? It's <laughs> way until the last half of football for the season. I I don't think I can give you guys credit for that one. Uh, great Manning, job handing off. He led the NFL. I I believe he finished with the league lead uh, in the NFL in interceptions, despite missing what five or six games yeah uh so that one never came through and then drew Brees, you both canceled immediately you said he was done saints season is over saints didn't have a very good year but drew Brees led the nfl in passing yards uh so i I don't think either of you guys really uh none of you guys really hit the nail on the head there so now looking back at our uh our playoff predictions from earlier in the season no you guys were actually pretty spot on with these um not many surprises here. You both like the Colts in the AFC South. Yep. Um, this drum roll also goes on way too it's long. A really long drum roll. Uh, that's <laughs> the third time we've had it this show. It goes on way too long. <laughs> AFC wildcard teams. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out exactly when this one was from. This may have been week one. AFC wildcard teams. C-Mac, you had Kansas City. You were correct. And Miami. Ooh. So you were incorrect there. Wow. Fran, you had Kansas City. Correct there. And the Ravens. Yeah. What 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 I mean, went I mean, wrong with the Ravens? They had nineteen different injuries. How did, how did we both pick a team that finished five and eleven? Yeah, I mean the the Ravens lost their quarterback, running back, top two receivers, half their offensive line. Terrell Suggs. Uh, am I missing anybody? I'm missing some players there, probably. And Ray Lewis. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm not sure if that one necessarily counts. NFC West predictions. Fran, you had the Seahawks. C-Mac, this piece of paper in front of me says that you pick St. Louis to win the NFC West this year. <laughs> No good. <laughs> he missed it. Wow. <laughs> and that one didn't necessarily work out either. I mean, someone I don't even hug? know. I'm trying to think, I th- how I I even trying to think where your it. head was at at that point. They had a really good defense. Well, I know where my head was at, but. <laughs> it's not rocket science. Just, just say yes and we'll move on. It's not rocket science. Just say yes and we'll move on. Yes. And then let's see here. You guys predicted your, uh, your awards, your end of season awards. Fran, for MVP, you had Aaron Rodgers. Okay. And for C-Mac, you had Andrew Luck as your MVP. <laughs> hey! Yeah. <laughs> both of you it guys... Was chalk. Chalk both, at the time. Both of you guys did have J.J. Watt for your defensive player of the year, and that one looks like it's probably going to hold true. Him, what a time. Aaron Donald. To be alive. And then for offensive player of the year, Fran, you went with Adrian Peterson. Okay. And C-Mac, you gave two answers. You gave Le'Veon Bell <laughs> and Odell Beckham. So we cut you. Yeah. There you go. So, and again, our thanks to uh, Chris Stevens, our producer, who went back and did all the research, went through all the wrong answers, and found out how you guys did. Why, why did you change up the answers? Make me look good, all right? Well, I did go through and pick out you know, the things you got wrong. You guys were actually more correct. You were more right than you were wrong. So I guess it's a win for you guys overall. So good job uh, in game time overall this year. St. Louis. Um, and before we wrap was. things up here, let's uh, while we're in the uh, prediction spirit here, let's give our predictions for the playoffs, now that we know uh, how things are set, I'm looking at the uh, the wild card round games that we have here: Green Bay, Washington, Seattle, Minnesota, KC against Houston, Pittsburgh against Cincinnati. Any upsets there, guys? Uh, let's see. Uh, I'll start with the AFC, and I would say, well, Chiefs over Texans since they're the wild card team. Does that count as the upset? I don't think that's an upset. All right. Yeah, I, I mean, think I think Brandon Whedon or whoever it is playing quarterback uh, leading Houston to a victory would be more of an upset there. I would agree there. No, I, mean, I, I, think, I think we're all unanimous in Kansas City over Houston. I think I want to buy on this on the Bengals. So is that a concern upset? Because even though they are the division champs, 
I think if, more people are thinking. If A.J. McCarron is still their quarterback, yeah. I think it's an upset if they win. But if Andy Dalton is their quarterback, then I don't think it's an upset. If they I, win. I think yeah. I'm going to pick Pittsburgh in that game. Yeah, well, I, don't, I, I don't think, think Dalton's playing. Yeah, How about on the NFC side? Green Bay and Washington. I think Washington wins. Washington really? is a one-point uh, one favorite. They are Green playing Bay has better football. Well. Green Bay struggling. I mean, Washington's played well home. I'm taking the Packers. Am I, am I just, am I just <laughs> delirious after watching Kirk Cousins dazzle at Lincoln Financial Field a couple of weeks ago? I mean, Does yeah. anybody play, want to play Seattle right now, though? <clears throat> Seattle on the road in Minnesota. Yeah. Who they beat. I think they beat them like 38-3 to yeah. at Minnesota earlier this year. Yeah, that's... But I'm picking Minnesota in that game. Are you really? I'm on the Minnesota. Bold prediction. I'm on the Minnesota bandwagon. Wow. I think they are a very good team. Teddy B ain't ready for prime time. I think he is. I think he proved that last night with the uh, the victory in Green Bay. I think Everson Griffin is a stud. Yeah, yeah. their their defensive line is is really talented. Of course, their linebackers are good too with Anthony Barr, Eric Kendricks. They have a lot of talented players. So I like I like Minnesota. I like their defense okay. to uh, to outshine Seattle in that one. All right. But you guys are taking Seattle. I I would take Seattle. In that I'm game. taking Seattle. Yeah. Okay. So the big question. And then is, Green Bay, Washington. I'm taking Green Bay. Yeah, I, I would take Green Bay as well. Um, so then the the final four in the AFC is unanimous. Here we have Denver, New England, Kansas City, and Pittsburgh. Who survives there? Well, let's let's see. Let's, so it Pittsburgh be, is the be, lowest seed, right? It would be so Denver. Pitt, and it would be Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh right? going to Denver. Right. It would be Pittsburgh going to Denver and New England hosting the Chiefs. Ooh, maybe the Chiefs could win that game. See, I have. It would be. Denver, Kansas City, the way I have it unfolding. New England, Cincinnati. I'm going to have, uh, man. The problem is, is that New England is, has not played great over the last few weeks. They've had a lot of injuries. They are starting to get some guys back. They are. Yeah. I'm going to say that New England will beat Pittsburgh to go to the Super Bowl. Interesting. Pittsburgh going on the road to beat Denver. That was week one. You remember that's right that was new england pittsburgh that's a good point that's a good call and pittsburgh should have won that game in fact i'm gonna say new england is the two seed will host pittsburgh in the afc title and will win the game and go to the super bowl i think we're gonna get one more brady manning to go to the super oh. bowl and peyton manning will guide the broncos really it's gonna is be peyton manning even gonna play in that game if they're in that game yes i'll All take right. denver coming out of the afc All All right. Right. i think denver is the fighting uh, brock lobsters right now i know they're they're they just keep winning but I don't know. I mean, obviously, the defense is outstanding, yeah. and that's what's carrying them. So in the scenario that I have, uh, Pittsburgh on the road against Denver, Kansas City on the road against New England, I'm going to go upset special and say that both of those road teams win those games, what? which means that it would be a Pittsburgh-Kansas City wow. AFC championship. In, Arrow, oh, no. in Arrowhead. No, no, in Arrowhead. No, 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 no. <laughs> In Arrowhead, oh, Andy Reid. Andy Reid gets the conference title game at home. And Alex yeah. Smith, of course, my guy. <laughs> as much as I want to pick them at home at Arrowhead, I think they lose. So we both have faith in Pittsburgh. So huh? I think Pittsburgh survives the AFC. Wow. You have them going to the Super Bowl. You have them in the, in the conference title. championship, and I have them out in the wild card. Yes. Interesting. Yes. All right. Uh, and then on, let's see, on the NFC side, if we ha let's see, let's go through the scenario here. If we have... So you guys have Green Bay and Seattle, which means that the lower seed. No, no, no. you guys. Oh, you have Washington. I have Washington. Okay. Yeah. See, Mac, you can take me through your your scenario here. I have Seattle would be the low seed. So they would go to Carolina. To Carolina, right. they'll win. Losing Seattle Charles, wins. Losing Charles Tillman. Seattle wins. Yeah. I, I Carolina is so set up to be the the 2008 New York Football Giants, who I think were 15 and one that year. Right. That the Eagles came in. And stun them in the divisional round. So Seattle, and then I have Arizona beating Washington. So 
that pipe dream ends. I'm going to go with a Super Bowl rematch from a couple years ago, Seattle-Denver. Oh, all right. I've been bullish on Seattle yeah, for a week, so I'm been. just... I'm you just, have to keep riding them. I'm just riding that. As BT so. shakes his head in approval. Alex, what do you think? I was coming to you next, but all if right, you want well, to go to me, right, I can so, do it. I mean, uh, I've got Green Bay beating Washington, so Green Bay would go to Arizona... And then Seattle, I I like Seattle going on the road and winning there too in Carolina. I think it's going to be an NFC West showdown. I think you got Seattle, Arizona. We just saw what happened this week. I don't know, man. Arizona, I don't want to give up on them though because they. I mean, we saw them a couple weeks ago and they're pretty good. How different are they without Matthew though on their defense? I don't I don't know. I mean, I haven't studied the games, but I, I don't know that they're going to change what they do philosophically. I think it's more just, hey, like, you know, do they do they have the, the dogs on the back end to be able to get it done? And, that, and that's going to be the question. I'm going to go Seattle, though. I'm going to go Seattle. Seattle, New England again. I, I, I hate doing that, though. I know uh, you do feel dirty. Yeah, you feel I, dirty, I, but and then you could be like one of those guys who are like, well, I knew it all along that this is going to be the case. Well, yeah, you picked the two best teams from the year before. Um, <laughs> so. Both of you guys like Seattle here. Mm -hmm. I have Seattle losing in the first round to Minnesota and Green Bay winning against Washington. So that would mean that Green Bay goes to Carolina for their second round matchup and the Cardinals would host Minnesota, who they just hosted a couple of weeks ago. And Minnesota uh, hung pretty tough there. I'm going to say that the Panthers knock off Green Bay. So we have Carolina and then Cardinals versus Minnesota. Again, I'm on the Vikings bandwagon here, but the Cardinals are just such a, a really good team. I'm going to stick with my uh, my Vikings here for one more round. So Carolina versus Minnesota in the NFC title game. Carolina comes away victorious, and we get another Super Bowl rematch. Was this Super Bowl Carolina-Pittsburgh? Yes, it was. Carolina-Pittsburgh. I believe so, wasn't it? No, it was Carolina-Seattle. 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 Oh, Carolina, it was, was Arizona-Pittsburgh. Of course, of course. So Carolina-Pittsburgh, which is not a rematch, No. in the Super Bowl, and I'm going to take Carolina. I think Cam Newton takes them all the way. C-Mac and I have them going one and done, so we'll see. Yeah. So we have very... Uh, very different viewpoints here. Did you guys give your uh, Super Bowl winners or just the oh, we just did the, the winners. Super Bowl? Uh, Peyton Manning rides out. Really, rides into a sunset on his, on his white on his white horse on his white horse. Oh man, uh, I'm gonna take. I'll take New England over Seattle. Interesting. So three different teams. <laughs> That's tough. I go New England though. New England. I think New England's playing with uh, after everything that they had to deal with in the off season. I think they're they're playing. They're gonna have a bit of an edge coming in. Got a week off. Was, uh, that was a good, uh, good win for us out there today. It's good to win. Uh, you know, we got a long way to go. You know, we'll face another challenge next week. We'll get on to Miami next week. San Diego next week. Now we'll move on to Cincinnati. Move on to Dallas. We'll move on to Miami. <laughs> what is this from? <laughs> and why did you have it ready? <laughs> he figured someone had to pick New England. Yeah, that's true. He's going to be so crushed. <laughs> no one picks New England. No well, there you have it. New England, Denver, and Carolina. Three different Super Bowl winners from the crew of the Eagles Insider Podcast. That's it for game time, and uh, we'll move ahead into mailing it in. Captain, incoming message. Please check your mailbox. A new message has arrived. And now it's time to hear from you, the fans, in our segment, Mailing It In. Oh, it is... Indeed, no question about it. And uh, phenomenal questions from everyone out there on Twitter this week. So let's get into it. First one, uh, Fran, you are having a little back and forth with this fan who goes by at the Barryman on Twitter. And his initial premise was, how can I listen to the Eagles Insider podcast? And it reads, <laughs> PT, <laughs> how can I listen to the Eagles Insider podcast? And you guys say on the one hand, the roster construction is solid, but then you praise the firing or the release 
of head coach Chip Kelly. And, you know, my whole thing was the two are, you know, not exclusive of one another. You can have a good roster, but you may not have a good team. And the talent, was the talent good enough overall? I don't know if the Eagles were competing for a Super Bowl this year per se. A lot of new pieces added to the mix. But between the resources that were used to get the talent, the utilization of the talent, and just the chemistry was just not there in the locker room, I think Chairman and CEO Jeffrey Lurie flout realized the product was not good, and he did not see it improving in 2016. So for whomever becomes a new head coach, I think there are going to be pieces to work with. Quarterback obviously will be the big question, but still it's a matter of getting the group of guys who are in the locker room now to play better as a team. We just talked about it earlier in three and out about the the head coaching process and what what goes into a head coach is not just the X's and O's. And when I said that, you know, whatever it was, 25 minutes ago, I wasn't even thinking about this situation, about this question. But you look at it. I mean, there's more to it than just saying, oh, yeah, he collected good talent. Like, okay, yeah. But, you know, lots. Of, every team has talent. Every team has talent. It, it's so much more that goes into the head coach. And look, I mean, the, the product on the field, was, it wasn't good. It, was, it wasn't a good product this year. All right. Our, our good friend, oh, wow, hmm, on Twitter wants to know, will Fletcher Cox be as good if the Eagles go to a 4-3 defense? Now, most of the questions we got, or I shouldn't say most, a good amount regarded the scheme. Should they go from a 3-4, which fans have actually been calling for for many years before they made the switch. Now they've made the switch. We've been in it for a couple of years. Now fans are calling to go back to a 4-3. So would Fletcher Cox be as good I think no question we saw it in his rookie season of 2012. And when the Eagles drafted him in the first round out of Mississippi State, one of the reasons was because he was scheme versatile. Because I think the Eagles already kind of envisioned the potential of changing to a 3-4 scheme, and Fletcher Cox would be able to fit either way. He's been outstanding as a five-technique defensive end in this 3-4 scheme, but I would love to see him as a penetrating three-technique. And I think he would, you know, he put up nine and a half sacks already this year in the role as a 3-4 D end, I can only imagine what he would do in the 4-3. If only because then his name would be filed under defensive tackles for Pro Bowl voting, it would be good. Yes. I, he Look, he, he's dominant in a 3-4. He's dominant in a 4-3. I think he, he'll be dominant in whatever scheme they put him in. Yeah, what did he have, five and a half sacks his rookie year, four and a half? His Something career like that, best right. before this year, I think, was his rookie season. Yeah, five and a half. Um, and he actually talked about in the locker room today, he was asked a question during a locker clean-out day, and he said that I can play well in any scheme. doesn't matter what it is, 4-3, four, 3-4. Three, three, four. And I believe him. I think that he can. He's a player that is so talented that he could fit in any scheme. So it's and it's also just funny to me that, like you said, C Mac, the fans were, you know, everybody wanted the Eagles to switch to a 3-4 defense. And now, you know, three years later the numbers don't go the way that you want them to go and everybody wants to go back and you know it makes so much more sense to play a 4-3 we'll see what happens no. but uh i think fletcher cox can play either way i'm not taking a shot at the fan i mean i no. certainly understood the validity to it at the time yeah and i also understand it now because you look at the current roster and it's really the front seven it's a it's you're like okay if they were to go to a 4-3 graham and vinnie curry assuming you'd resign them would be you know good defensive ends in the 4-3 Apparently, you were in the locker room for cleanout day, Alex. Mm -hmm. Connor Barwin talked to reports, and he said he would love to play. Yeah, in his, a exa his exact words was that he would love to play in a four-three. He talked about how he came into the league as like a two hundred and forty-pound like defensive end yep. with Houston, and that's kind of you know that's what he he was built to do. Obviously, he's adapted to what he's doing here with the Eagles now, but he said he would love to go back to that, and uh, he said he could play uh, Sam linebacker if he had to. But I think he's more suited for that four-three defensive end. Yeah, yeah. I think that. You look across the board, and he, even Marcus Smith. Marcus Smith was a defensive end in a 4-3-2. Mm -hmm. He talked about it as well today. It would be interesting. And, and look, 
when you talk about 4-3-3-4, we've talked about this in the past too. Every team plays nickel and they play their four down linemen and it's a one-gap situation and you're trying to get after the passer anyway and that's where a lot of Fletcher Cox's sacks came. It's where Vinnie Curry saw all of his snaps. So really, you're just talking about those base downs Who's going to be on the field? Yeah. And what's the alignment look like then? So what, is, what are your thoughts? I think that they have the personnel to be able to play either way. And I think that they have the personnel to be able to play at a pretty good level up front either, in either system. Because now, and to me, the other thing that we don't really haven't talked about is how does this then affect the, the guys playing, at, you know, quote unquote, an inside linebacker right now? Mm-hmm. You know, what would your combination be if you're going to play as a, as a 4-3 traditional front? You know, okay, well, who's your, who are going to be your three linebackers? You've got Michael Kendricks. You've got Kiko Alonso. You've got D'Amico Ryans. You've got Jordan Hicks. How do you deploy those players across the front? You know, is is Kiko your Sam? Is Kendricks your Will and Hicks your your Mike of the future? I mean, that, that could be the way that it could pan out. So that would be interesting to talk about. Be interesting because typically you'd want a bigger linebacker at the mic in that situation. You'd right. want more of the D'Amico type build, which I think that Jordan Hicks can grow into versus a 3-4 because a 3-4, you have the big guys up front taking care of all the trash in front of you. Next question here comes from at Angelo J. Yeski on Twitter. Will Jordan Matthews get a shot on the outside and how will he do? Now, he's had snaps there. Very sure. limited, but nonetheless, he's had snaps there in the past. I just think at the very least... It will make it tougher for defenses to game plan against him because I think defenses realize he's going to line up in the slot 95% of the time, whatever it is, and you know what routes he's going to run on certain downs. Now, he still had a very productive season. He should have gone over 1,000 yards, came up just short of it. But I definitely think that diversifying his routes and lining up in different positions will definitely help him evolve as a player although one of the things that chip kelly brought to the table was the idea of putting a bigger guy inside to create mismatches and attack the middle of the field will the new coach say hey matthews has thrived there let's keep it going it's a possibility but i think at the very least if you're open to putting him on the outside it would help make it tougher for defenses to game plan against them i think that what you'll see is probably a mix you know you'll see him in the slot a good amount you'll see him on the outside and a good amount we'll then we'll let it shake out though the other thing is is who else is going to be on the outside will there be more bodies brought in at the wide receiver position i could be wrong but in the game the season finale against the giants i thought we saw him on the outside quite a bit pat Shermer elected to use more four wide receiver sets than we had seen uh before this season and in some of those situations they had jordan matthews lined up outside uh i think with you know whoever the new coaches that they come in i think he's at least going to get a look on the outside i don't think they're just going to say well he's only been a you know he's been a slot receiver his first two years we're just going to keep him there i think he's at least going to get a look on the outside and i don't put it past him that he's talented enough to play outside so i think there's there's de- there's definitely a decent shot let's see we'll get through these last couple ones quickly uh friend you want to answer this one at c james philly wants to know what were the strengths and weaknesses of chip kelly's run game design the design of the run game really you look at it in a couple different layers on its face it's not different than any other zone run game in terms of what guys are being asked to do. Then when you factor in some of the different things from a read element standpoint, not just not necessarily just the, the quarterback run off the read, but then the package plays and he was kind of, he kind of introduced them to the NFL. And now everybody's using them. Those are all great. And like, and that's why every team in the NFL pretty much is using those kinds of concepts, but the run game itself, you know, they run inside zone and outside zone and sweep and a little bit of power and split zone. I mean, those are runs that pretty much everybody uses. Now, when you factor in the tempo to it, that allows you to be a little bit uh, less variant, a little bit less diverse in what you try and run. And that's really what it's been based on is what his tempo looks like. But 
that's really what it comes down to is the the runs itself it's not like there's anything crazy about them they're very basic in what they're asked to do it really just comes to the the tempo and then the, the different read aspects of it and like i said pretty much every everyone in the nfl now at this point after year three of trip kelly uh is using a lot of those different concepts all right the last question we'll touch on here comes from at fear the bears with the in capital letters what is the biggest priority once the coach is hired so my estimation is what's your scheme going to be and who's your quarterback going to be I yeah. think it's pretty... I agree. you you got to build your staff, and then you staff, have to find yeah. your quarterback. Staff and quarterback. Yeah. No question. There's really not much else to handle from that point on. Everything else, free agency in the draft, they'll take care of itself, but they've got to figure out what they're going to do, what direction they're going to go in at the quarterback position. Certainly, Sam Bradford's made a strong case, but will the new coaching staff think, and will Sam want to be a part of it? Because I think the coaching hire will certainly influence what Sam wants to do. Of course, the franchise tag is going to be out there as a possibility but will the Eagles want just a one-year commitment if Bradford doesn't want to be here for the long haul and what's the franchise tag for quarterbacks going to be uh, I'm not I don't be high. yeah it's a lot be high. it's gonna be a lot yeah. a lot so that's gonna do it for us here on this week's edition of the Eagles Insider podcast again make sure to check out our other podcasts moving forward in the offseason Eagles Insider will drop on Mondays Eagle Eye and the Sky will be on Tuesdays and Journey to the Draft presented by AAA will be each and every Wednesday. Yeah! In audio and video. Audio and video. Yeah! So you get to see Fran's handsome face and you get to see him scrolling furiously through his phone trying to jot down notes since he didn't prepare before <laughs> the show. Uh, please rate the show and leave comments and suggestions whether it's on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to the podcast. Send us your feedback and follow us at Eagles Shows, at Eagles Insider, at Eagles. Spread the word about our new channels and podcast everyone for fran and alex for chris and bt behind the scenes i'm cmac chris mcpherson thank you for joining us you've been listening to the eagles insider podcast